When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Andrew Gordy and Jamie Wall, two very experienced panellists with us this morning. Andrew Gordy, uh, question one, how's the health? Is good, Smithy. Yeah, yeah, we're um, yeah, we're making every post a winner at the moment. Uh, uh, someone was asking me when I'd be out on the driving race, though, and uh, I said I might be uh, working on my short game before I'm ripping the driver uh, for a while yet. But uh, but no, everything's good, mate. Everything's good, Pat. Okay, cool. But uh, it's giving you the opportunity too to sit back and watch uh, some quality sport. And my God, Andrew, there's plenty of it going on, including, of course, the Women's Rugby World Cup. Uh, what did you make of it? Um, and and now the expectation. Um, heading into uh, week two with games split across uh, Whangarei and Waitakere with the Blackburns playing Wales. Uh, where do you see it sitting at the moment? Yeah, look, I mean, look, I'll, I'll just um, let, you, let you in on a, on a couple of things, I suppose. Um, look, I, what, a, what a wonderful start to the tournament um, for, for starters and a great spectacle, obviously, especially on Saturday um, with the Blackburns coming from, you know, 17 points down to, to then bounce back to a, a pretty emphatic win. Um, and in terms of what I'm looking for this week, I'm, I'm really looking to see if that, that interest that was sparked uh, on the first weekend of the tournament can continue. Um, some really interesting numbers that I, that I can share with you, or not numbers, but some facts, I suppose, um, that the delayed coverage of the Blackburn versus Australia game on TV3 completely outrated live black caps on, on TV1 on that Saturday. Um, and even on Spark Sport, the Wales versus Scotland game for Spark Sport uh, easily did more, more viewers than, for example, the Black Caps on that on that same Sunday and the Formula One Grand Prix as well that was on. So, and from what I understand anyway, what I'm told that um, three's ratings for the Black Ferns were particularly strong among sort of female and Maori Pacifica demographics. So that's really mm. encouraging, isn't it? And that, that's what you want to hear, I suppose. That. That an event like this um, has the, has the the ability to reach uh, the audiences that that we want to engage with, and like I say, I just really hope that that engagement continues, um, not just you know from the, from the first weekend, but we see it go right throughout the tournament and see uh, people turn up and and watch these games, watch the spectacle, and not just the Black Ferns as well, but but the other teams as well, because that's the great thing about hosting a World Cup, isn't it? Getting to see. Uh, different teams on your on your home soil, and um, yeah, would certainly encourage Kiwis to embrace it because it doesn't happen every year, does it? No, it does not. It certainly does not. Um, Jamie, uh, I'm assuming you went because of uh, your brief to follow rugby throughout this country is uh, so in debt. Uh, and if you did, uh, I've got to ask you, uh, what was the experience like compared to say 
a Bledisloe Cup test match uh, about uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, good morning, Smith. And um, oh, glad to hear you're feeling better, Gord, mate. Um, hopefully get you back on the horse soon, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I did go, actually, all three games because um, <clears throat> uh, I just wanted to be around and, and see what the experience was for because I think if you just went for the Black Ferns um, game, you're only really sort of getting that experience. So I wanted to see what was... Uh, what was going on with the other with the other games and um, uh, the first first one was a little bit flat, you know France versus South Africa. You had a few French fans in there, but things started to really come alive when the the Fijian uh, women's team um, got on the field. And a, as you know, you know you could have a couple of uh, if you had a Tiddlywinks match and the Fijian was playing in it, you're going to get a whole lot of really loud supporters there. So there was there was a lot of support there, and uh, the Fijian women's team, you know, had a really good first half. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the rest of the game and uh, rest of the day. Um, the 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 energy around when the Black Ferns came out on the field and, and did the haka and you know had the flames going and the, and really nice rendition of the anthem and it, like I think like like Gord said the 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 demographic who was actually in the ground was a, was pretty different to the one one that you'd have for um, for an All Black test. Uh, not saying it is sort of better or worse than than the other. It's just different, you know. Um, like they marketed it to families, and families are the ones that showed up. Uh, a lot of kids, um, which is awesome. Um, you know, everyone was kind of just having fun. And the, uh, the the game itself, obviously, everyone was a little bit shocked that it didn't it didn't really go the way that the the, the Black Points would have hoped in the, in the first half. Uh, but the um, but you know by the end of it, yeah, everyone walked away thinking like, wow, I just had, I had a really good time. Uh, it was a really good feeling there. Um, obviously, being a World Rugby tournament, everything's set up just a bit differently. There's a bit more effort put into. Um, and I think that the, the because it's a World Cup factor, uh, you know, you can't deny that that effect that it has on uh, the attendance, um, the viewing figures that were mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, because there's something at yeah, something really important at stake, which really, you know, is the first time that the Black Ferns have been playing at home, and there's something really important on it. Because really, when you think about it, they've either been playing friendlies or they've been playing matches against the Wallaroos, who they've never lost to. So for the first time, we're seeing a Black Ferns team, you know, really kind of under the sort of pressure that that the All Blacks are uh, are under every time they play. And so that's where that interest is coming from. And, and that's why in order for this team and for the sport to thrive, you need more meaningful matches um, to happen. And, and I think we saw evidence on the weekend, both on, on the field and on the TV screen, uh, that the, the, the audience is there for them um, to, to play these meaningful matches in front of. The panel. Andrew Gordy, Jamie Wall with us this morning. Um, and Andrew Gordy, um, interesting. Uh, it looks, for all intents and purposes, as if we're not going to see too much more of Martin Guptill. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm not sure about that, to be honest. Uh, uh, look, I mean, you, you may well be right. And look, I've got to give credit to Finn Allen. He obviously um, came out yesterday and delivered a fine innings um, for the Black Caps against Pakistan, and especially, I suppose, in the wake of uh, the performance on the weekend, I think the Black Caps really needed to show something, especially against Pakistan, and, and they did just that. You know, between him and Devin Conway, put together a fantastic um, partnership that really, really put the game to bed last night. But I, I'm, I'm certainly not going not gonna to stand here and, and write off Martin Gustel. I mean, you, you simply cannot disregard the guy's experience. He's been there, done that. 
um, for so many years. The the number of T20 runs he scored for New Zealand is, is you know, a- absolutely outstanding. And I just think it would be, I don't know, a little bit foolish to, to write the guy off. And especially, you know, a T20 World Cup in Australia, we know that Martin Guptill loves the ball coming onto the bat. Um, so I'm, I'm really reluctant to say it's a no from me, but... Look, I mean, in some respects, I guess it's fair to say perhaps the writing's on the wall. Otherwise, you know, we would have seen perhaps a little more from him uh, in this T20 tri-series. Um, and look, it's up to Finn Allen to take the opportunities when it comes his way, and he certainly did that yesterday. But, yeah, I'd be I'd be a little surprised if, if Gary Stead and the selectors were prepared to just simply, draw, you know, draw a line through Martin Guptill. He's just got so much experience and has so much to offer. Um, particularly if it gets down to sort of pointy end of the tournament, but yeah, we'll have to see. I suppose. Well, I, I guess we will have to see. But we got a bit of an indication the other day when uh, Gary Stead um, said that they, he didn't envisage Martin Guptill in his starting eleven, and uh, that to me is quite unusual because Gary Stead normally, uh, Jamie Wall plays his cards very close to the chest. Yeah, he does. He does, and uh, it, I mean, it's just interesting to to hear a coach say anything that that definitive. Not just not just Gary said, but anyone really. Because why why would you uh, say something like that? You know, like what Gord said. I mean, all it could take is an injury. We saw what happened with um, Daryl Mitchell just freakishly breaking his hand. You know, and then you're going to need someone to come in, and for someone to have been told, "Oh, we're not going to need you at all," and then <clears throat> have them come 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 back from on the phone being, oh, hey, just kidding. <laughs> we do need you after all. I don't... I, I feel like what Gary Stead said was a, you know, a, a pretty pretty clear indication that they want to go with Finn Allen um, from now on. And, and since then, you know, he's... Uh, Allen has backed up that, that confidence as well um, uh, last night. And, you know, and they've got Devin Conway there as well. And that, those guys are playing the role that Martin Guptill has, has done so well for New Zealand across, you know, what's been a really remarkable career uh, that he has. He's, you know, he, but, but like, like I personally, you know, like Gord said, I, I would back him to have that sort of experience um, in, in tournaments like this. You know, the Black Caps, uh, for all their faults, uh, do do well in tournament formats. Um, and I would think a guy like that would at least have, a guy like Martin Gupta would at least have a place in that setup. Uh, to to provide you know experience and guidance for some of the other guys. Andrew Gordy, Michael Checker did it to us uh, with Argentina against the All Blacks. Surely he can't do it against the the Kiwis with Lebanon, can he? <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of brilliant, this, isn't it? And and I suppose the one thing that pops into my head when when I think about the prospect of Michael Checker coaching Lebanon against the Kiwis is. Who was the key to Argentina beating the All Blacks uh, in Christchurch? I don't know that it was Michael Checker, but it was the, the rugby league influence in his team. Like the defensive performance that Argentina put together was was really put together by David Kidwell, wasn't it? You know, the former Kiwis coach. So there's such a kind of a beautiful irony about this this prospect now mm. of rugby coach Michael Checker coaching the Lebanese rugby league team against the Kiwis at a World Cup. Look, I'd, I'd like to think that, uh, you know, the strength of, uh, of Lebanon is quite not uh, on the same level uh, that Argentina is in, in a rugby sphere. But I suppose a, a bit of a bigger picture here, 
I'm actually, I really like the idea of Michael Checker doing this sort of cross-code coaching, you know. We're, we're so used to, I suppose, the idea of, you know, the likes of um, Sonny Bill Williams, Roger Sweebarsashek crossing code as a player, but as a coach. And I know that, you know, they're completely different games, but there are, there are things you can learn and take from each respective code and apply to the other. So I suppose it will be intriguing, perhaps, to see what... Michael Checker can bring from rugby into the 13-man code and, and whether we see any sort of new and interesting ideas or, or patterns to emerge, I suppose, that we might see from Lebanon at this at this Rugby World Cup. But, yeah, look, I mean, Michael Checker's just a great character at the very least, so I'm looking forward to that aspect. But, yeah, I certainly hope that Lebanon don't uh, cause an upset against the Kiwis at this at this World Cup. I, I don't think they will because I genuinely think that the Kiwis are... Uh, are a legitimate shot at winning this thing um, over, the, over the coming weeks and months. It's going to be uh, going to be exciting to watch. Jamie Wall, uh, Stephen Perafeta, surely Roger Tuivasa-Shek, surely should be getting starting jerseys against Japan. Um, it has to happen, doesn't it? Oh yes, and I think I think Foster has uh, ad- admitted as much um, as well. I mean, if if, <laughs> if he's not going to start them. In this test, when you know, why did he ever bother picking them in the first place? That uh, yeah, this this Japan test um, does kind of remind me a little bit of, of the last uh, All Black, uh, oh, sorry, the Northern Tour uh, in 2018, um, back when Steve Henson picked about 300 players to go up on that one, and there was a completely different All Black side that played in that game in Tokyo than the one that uh, played against England the next week at, at, at Twickenham. Um, I see that they've kind of just managed that situation a little bit differently by having this all-black 15 uh, team uh, there as well, which I presume the likes of Perifeta and Fakatava and RTS and, um, and and maybe a few others will play for, which therefore I, I still don't don't really know what the point of the all-black 15 team is, whether it's a development team, uh, whether it's a, like an actual B team, or whether it's even just an invitational team, um, because you could make a case for it being all three based on who the who and who they haven't picked uh, in, in it, um, and why those fixtures aren't just being played by the All Blacks themselves by using an old school midweek team um, in front of a crowd, uh, you know, people that <clears throat> would buy tickets to watch the actual All Blacks rather than the fake All Blacks play. I, I just still can't quite grasp like what what's really going on going on with this side at all. But I think we'll finally see RTS uh, and Perifeta having some decent minutes in a black jersey. Um, I still have some kind of uh, sort of a little bit of nervousness about this game against Japan. Actually, um, we've seen uh, in the last lead up to the last World Cup um, that Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown effectively took control of everything. In Japanese rugby, not just um, just the national team, but everything that they could possibly get their hands on in order to pre- start preparing the team for a World Cup. It looks like they've done that again as well with the the Japanese uh, A team playing against the Australian A team, um, and I think they're going to be in a really good place by the time this ta- uh, by the time this fixture rolls around. So the All Blacks better be preparing well for this one. Totally agree, um, Jamie Wall. Uh, yeah, there is uh, just a little bit of a scare about uh, anything that um, Jamie Joseph and uh, Tony Brown do together. Jamie Wall, thank you very much for your contribution this morning. Um, Gords, continue uh, that march towards uh, getting the, the driver out and 
Uh, we'll speak to you guys again shortly. Thank you very much. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.